Hello and thanks for joining us. I hope you're well. My name is Andrew Dunkley and this is Astronomy Daily, our daily look at what's happening in astronomy and space science from around the world and, well, beyond, really. And joining me as always is my partner in crime, Haley. Hi, Haley. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Great to be back. Great to see you too. You're looking very shiny. Did you um, do anything special with your, well, you don't have hair. Never mind. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Uh, sad news about Artemis 1. It looks like uh, not only have they scrubbed the second mission, they're probably not going to try a third. What's the latest, Haley? And you might as well give us all the other news while you're at it. After scrapping the second attempt to get its new 30-story rocket off the ground due to a problem with the hydrogen fuel tank. NASA announced on Saturday it will not try again during its current window of opportunity, which ends early next week. The next possible launch windows are September 19th to October 4th and October 17th to 31st. 66 million years ago, a space rock 100 times the size of the International Space Station hurtled into what is now the southeastern tip of Mexico, vaporizing massive amounts of seawater and sulfur-rich marine rocks creating a cloud of dust and aerosols that blanketed Earth and obscured the sun. The ecological reorganization that followed signified an end to the Mesozoic Age of Reptiles, and ushered in the Cenozoic Age of Mammals. Long-term environmental consequences of this, or any future, asteroid impact remain foggy, but new fingerprints from atmospheric sulfur help cut through the haze. While early theories about this event were met with skepticism, New data backs the idea suggesting atmospheric sulfur caused a massive cooling of the planet that almost certainly saw the end of the dinosaurs. The questions remains, could it happen again? That's why all eyes are now focused on the DART mission to see if we could deflect a planet-killing asteroid. Frank Drake, an eminent radio astronomer known for his pioneering efforts in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. SETI, died September 2nd at his home in Aptis, California. He was 92. Drake's daughter Nadia Drake announced his death on her website, where she wrote that her father was beloved by many, and for many reasons, but above all, today I celebrate his humanity, his tenderness, his gentle spirit. Drake created the first interstellar message ever transmitted deliberately into space from Earth. Known as the Arecibo message, it was broadcast via radio waves from the Arecibo Observatory in 1974. He was also involved in designing the plaques carried on the Pioneer 10 and 11 spacecraft and the Golden Record, carried on Voyager 1 and 2 spacecraft with messages intended for any intelligent life the spacecraft might encounter on their journeys beyond the solar system. A Chinese nuclear reactor for providing power and propulsion in outer space has passed a comprehensive performance evaluation. The reactor was designed by the Chinese Academy of Sciences and can generate 1 megawatt of electricity for spacecraft power supply and propulsion. The project was initiated in 2019 as a national key research and development program and demonstrates a strong Chinese interest in developing nuclear power for use in space. Nuclear fission systems offer high levels of power and electricity propulsion for robotic missions to the outer planets, which receive very low levels of energy from the sun, rendering solar power generation useless. They could also provide power on planetary surfaces for crewed missions too. 
And that's the news, Andrew. Thank you, Haley. Very sad to hear about Dr. Frank Drake. Of course, uh, we've talked about Frank many times on Space Nuts with Professor Fred Watson and uh, got a lot of questions from the audience about the Drake Equation, which was one of the concepts that uh, Frank Drake pitched. And thus far, it holds up that we still only have one example of a planet that has life. Okay, let's see what else is happening in astronomy and space science today. And once again, we focus our attention on the James Webb Space Telescope and more and more images coming to light that are awe-inspiring, uh, like the, um, uh, the one we talked about, I think it was in the last episode of Astronomy Daily with the Einstein ring. Well, this is a, a similar story. The telescope has captured uh, some strange rings, concentric rings around a distance, uh, distant star, and astronomers can't quite work it out. It shows a star known as WR140 surrounded by a ripple effect that looks like it's rectangular, rectangular circles, hello, uh, and they gradually fade away as you get further from the star. Uh, the circles uh, have a, a square-like apparition, if you, if you want, uh, which uh, has got a lot of people speculating about the cause, including, you know, aliens. Uh, the feature is actually something uh, more real than that, according to Mark McCochran, uh, an interplanetary scientist in the James Webb Telescope Science Working Group and a science advisor to the European Space Agency. Uh, he calls the feature bonkers. Uh, it's a six-pointed blue structure in an artefact due to optical diffraction from the bright star W140. Uh, he wrote that uh, the red, curvy, yet boxy stuff is real, a series of shells around WR140, actually in space around the star. And they're objects that are surrounded by dust, which a companion star is sculpting into these strange shells. WR140 is 5,600 light years away from Earth in the constellation of Cygnus. Now, I think a lot of people would very much like to witness the death of a star. Probably not close up, but it would be something spectacular. A very dramatic and violent end to something beautiful and you know, perhaps life-sustaining. You don't really want to be on a planet that is you know, about to face those consequences. Well, a group of uh, ground-based telescopes have provided the first real-time look at the death throes of a supergiant uh, star, a red supergiant in this case. Um, the star's death uh, was rapid, a rapid collapse and a violent explosion, uh, and the, the star uh, burned through its hydrogen and helium and its uh, elements right to its core. The final moments of the death of this star, SN2020 TLF, uh, will dramatically impact on how we look at the final months of a um, of stellar evolution. It, what it brings together is uh, the, the theories of observers and uh, the theorists themselves to try and solve the mystery of how these massive stars spend their final moments. Uh, some of these stars uh, probably experience um, internal changes that cause this uh, massive release of gas before they die, according to the uh, the study of this this particular object. Uh, quite a, a fascinating study and uh, one that will probably throw up a lot more questions, but maybe some answers as well. 
The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Fred Watson and I have uh, often been faced with questions from the Space Nuts audience about, uh, you know, could this happen or what would happen if uh, or what if type questions, which I really love. Well, here's one that's actually been put into a paper. Uh, Could the Earth be knocked out of its orbit and leave the solar system? Well, the answer is yes. Uh, The Earth could actually move out of its orbit if if a massive object of some kind uh, caused it to happen. Something flying through interstellar space and coming into our solar system and getting a bit too close to us. That is a possibility. Now, if this uh, flyby, as they call it, happened to Earth and the object exchanged energy and momentum, the Earth's orbit could be disrupted and we could get ejected from the solar system. That's a a theory by a fellow named uh, Timothy Davis. He's a senior lecturer in physics and astronomy at the Cardiff University in the UK. And he does agree that Earth could, in theory, be kicked out of the solar system. Now, does this happen very often? No. The energy needed to do that would be massive. What's What's the number they're throwing up? Sextillion? a one with 21 zeros after it. So the chances of it happening are minuscule, but in theory, it's a possibility. And one more thing, uh, we did mention the very sad passing of Dr. Frank Drake. There's been another death in the astronomical world, that of Don Lind. Now, Don was a, a former NASA astronaut. He helped plan humanity's first ever moonwalk, before launching on the space shuttle. He's uh, passed away at the age of 92. Uh, Lind became uh, an astronaut uh, with the original 19, NASA's uh, fifth group of trainees selected in 1966. Uh, The class included eight astronauts who flew to the moon, including three future Apollo moonwalkers. Sadly, his chance to go to the moon was scrubbed when the government withdrew funding and Apollos 18, 19 and 20 never saw daylight. Don Lind, dead at the age of 92. And we're done for another day. Thank you, Haley. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye. Andrew, stay safe. Yeah, you too. And from me, Andrew Dunkley, uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to log on to spacenuts.io and click on the Astronomy Daily link and subscribe to our free newsletter. And you can read more about the stories we've talked about today on Astronomy Daily. Until next time, bye-bye. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley.